the 12th chapter. I don't have notes. I can. I can run back and get some, Pastor, if I was supposed to bring notes up here. Um, sometimes I use notes, sometimes not. This morning I chose not to. I want to talk with you this morning about relationships. I don't just coming to a church, especially with what we're attempting to do here. You see, I'm a pastor. I pastor these ladies right now. That's where God has me. And I, being a pastor, I shepherd over them, and I'm not going to take them to a field that has things in it that would harm them or hurt them or cause them to act out in ways that they shouldn't. Amen? So when I come to a church, and most especially here, because it seems as though God wants us to put down some roots and to grow here, and if I'm to do that, and, it, and I use the term, it seems as though. You see, in my head, I'm not exactly sure. I'm still battling with some things. But what will help me is to know that the people that pastor this church are real. That they have a real relationship with God. That their relationship with God has gone beyond just a relationship where they call him God and where they call him by another name. You see, kids can love you or they can serve you or they can do things for you out of fear. You can, you can rule as a father of fear or you can rule with the rod of love and they'll follow you to the pits of hell. Fear, you can only go so far. Love will take you so far, it, it'll blow your mind. So I have watched. I've joined in with the worship, but I have watched. I've most especially watched your Pastor Rhonda. I've watched her worship. I've watched how she carries herself. I watched her worship this morning as I was trying to just release some negative energy from a house of children that were just running about. Oh, they wanted to come to church, but they just didn't want to get dressed. Yeah, I want to go to Sunday school. I have to get dressed? You're kidding me. But I watched her worship. And she just absolutely, your pastor gets lost. And I hope I don't step over any boundaries, but this gal's got a relationship going on here with her, with her God. And she has come to know him by a different name. And that name is Father. And that's the relationship that I want to minister to you this morning. How do you know him? How far have you allowed yourself to go with God? When I use the term, when I use the word God, I counsel with a lot of people. And when they sit down, almost from the get-go, I want to know a little bit about their relationship with God. I want to know how far they have allowed that relationship to go. And I truly mean that in that term. You and I will only accept and embrace those things that we feel are good for us. That's why we get strung out and hung out on so many different things that we thought were good, but in all actuality turned out to be bad because they made us feel good. I want to know how far you've allowed your relationship with God to go. When I use the word God, 
there's something that happens in people's minds. It's word association, and I'm not going to use psychology on you, or I don't know enough that I want to use it. But I'm, there's word association that when I use the term God, when people speak to me about God, something in our mind, the chemistry is released in our mind, and it says to us, he's out there. God, the creator of heaven and earth. God that, that splits the seas. God that, that does this and he does that. God that sends judgment from one generation to another generation to another generation. It gets so mangled and so balled up that we don't know what's what and where's where and all of those things. There's a, there's a wonderful gift of a healthy fear of God. I'm not going to bring God from way out there and everything that he is, the creator of heaven and earth and the creator of men and women, and bring him down and reduce him into nothing. But what I'm going to do this morning is I want you to see him out there, but I also want you to know that something's happened, something miraculous, something wonderful has happened. It, it's called Calvary. It's called Jesus, and it happened at the cross, and something was exploded, so to speak, and God came out a totally different identity. You know, he's, he's another person, so to speak. He's Father. He's not only God to me. I can't even explain to you how much I've struggled with this. With this father thing. My dad, I'm, I'm one of seven kids. Every one of my uh, brothers and sisters have been strung out on drugs. My dad was an alcoholic. Unfortunately for me, I was one of the ones he didn't like. And he would beat. He beat me so bad one day for just a little bit of nothing. I remember going in and uh, in the back room, back bedroom. I remember crawling up on the bed after he had whipped me, he called it a whipping. I've come to find out later that it was a beating. I crawled up in the bed, and I just cried myself to sleep. I don't know how much longer after that, I was awakened by this screaming voice. I don't enjoy talking about my personal things but I was awakened by this screaming voice and it was my mother standing over me and my cuts and wounds had bled all over the bed and she thought I was dead and God my heavenly father wants me to take out of that relationship and work through all of my junk into a relationship and accept him as my father. And I tell you that every time I turn around throughout my life, I have struggled with my father. When are you going to beat me? When are you going to hurt me? When are you going to disappoint me? When are you going to leave me? My father... And yet, that's the challenge for you and I this morning, to take him from God, the God of the universe, 
the God who created everything and bring him down to be so personal that we will say, my father, I love you, my father, who died for me, my father. I know it's a struggle this morning. I know that you'll have a struggle. But he that is within you is greater than. He that is within you can accomplish this. I know that you're struggling with this. I've struggled with it for years, but you know something now has become just a natural part of me. My father, I listened to our pastor's prayer this morning. I listened to how she would pray. She started her prayer off with my father. Never once in her prayer that she prayed over us this morning as, as we, some were standing, never once in her prayer did she mention the word God. Never once. She mentioned the word Lord. She mentioned the word Jesus. She mentioned the word my father. That is a relationship. That's why she's who she is and so many are who they are. That's why she's moving and, and God is doing and so many are having not. We have the haves and we have the have nots. I want you to know God is somebody more than just a, a, a God who is out there. I want you to know God as your heavenly father. Because if you really know him as your heavenly father, then in times of, of critical times, when you don't know up and down and in and out, and you don't know if you're going to get answers or if you deserve answers or anything else, when you know God like your heavenly father, and when you know him as father, you're going to know that you can run to him, and he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think according to him being your heavenly father. Well, we got to work through our stuff, don't we? We've got to learn that he, to trust him. We've got to learn to love him. I want it to become so personal that it goes beyond her. It goes beyond me. It goes beyond her or him or the pastors of this church. Because we're human beings. You could get hurt by us. We could disappoint you. We could say or do something to you that might hurt you and injure you, but your heavenly father won't. <laughs> Your heavenly Father won't. Look at the Word of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, to the pattern of the thinking of this world. Understand what the Word of God is saying. The, the world, the pattern of the world has a process, has a way, has a way of doing it, has a, their own personal way. Don't conform to that pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. What is God's will? If we were to reduce that that term that word will down to something that you and I could really grab hold of it might be plan what is God's plan what is really what what is God's plan what is God's plan for you young people what is God's plan for us a plan does he have a plan you know he's got a plan you know what's coming next 
you know that I could carry you over to Jeremiah and tell you that he speaks to us and it's, it's so beautiful it's so wonderful he says and this is what the Lord would say I want you to hear this is what your heavenly father would say your heavenly father this is what he plans for you this is what he has for you a plan that you might prosper a plan that he loves you a plan that he wants to enlarge you a plan to do you good and no harm a plan to build you up and not tear you down a plan to bring the low places up and the high places down it gets uncomfortable but it's God our heavenly father and our Father is not interested in just taking a group of people and getting them excited and, and having successful services and all of this. Our Heavenly Father is built upon, is motivated to, is, is driven to build a family, a body of Christ. Something that the gates of hell will not even be able to prevail against. That's what he's motivated to do. And you're part of it. You're part of it. You're part of the family of God, my Father, my Heavenly Father. What do you think would happen? I want to take you back real quickly to the book of Genesis, the, very, the third chapter. You don't have to turn there. I'm not going to turn there. You can if you want to. But what, what do you think would happen if that serpent, who's more crafty, all of these things what if he were to have used a different terminology how do you think that Eve would have responded you see the terminology that he used is this hath God said hath God said when we use that word hath God said what do you think what do you believe that she thought but what if the enemy had slipped up and he would have used something along the lines of this terminology? Hath the one who walks with you in the cool of day and enjoys being with you, hath he said? The one who created you and put into you his own likeness, who loved you so much that he imparted into you who he was and what he was, hath he said? What do you think her thinking would have been then had she been offered the opportunity to do something that would have changed the landscape of humanity forever? She may have thought it through and said, oh, if he's withholding it, he's my heavenly father. He's not God. He's my father. If he's withholding it, it must be that it's best for him to withhold it because he's my father. This is the kind of relationship that I want you to have with your heavenly father. I want, him to, I want him to become more than God. He is God. He's all of these things, but I want him to become more. I want him to be your father. I want you to be able to run to him at any time, dripping with sin, white raiment, whatever it is, run to him and say, Father, guess what? Guess what's going on? Mama's off the chain. Daddy's off the chain, and I'm here to pray for him. Brother's lost. He's out there, and I'm here to pray for him. Father, hath God said, I want you to be successful today. I want you to be successful in your prayer life. 
I want you to, to be so successful that in the critical times of your life when you can't get anybody, all you can get is their voicemail or whatever. I guess you can email them. Email them your problem. Email them your urgent request and have them pray. And there's certainly something about two or three, four or five, I'm not dispelling that, but what I'm trying to do is birth within you, in you a relationship that says you can go to your father. You yourself can go to your father. If this church, if you allow this to be birthed within this church, this church is going to explode. There's going to be people that rather than needing to be ministered to, you're going to start ministering to others. You're going to start saying, oh, you come to my house. Come to my, your daddy's beating you, so to speak. Your daddy being our enemy. He's beating you. He's giving you a raw deal. Come to my house. Come on to my house. My father loves all the kids that I bring home. My father ministers to them. We feed them. We nurse them. We bring them back in to help. My father does this for you. He'll, he'll do it for you. Just come to my house. Come to my house because I want you to meet my father. This is the kind of relationship It's the kind of relationship that I have had the privilege of viewing and being a part of for years. I've watched the man, Pastor Cates, be not only a pastor, but I've watched him father, be a father to his children. And I could brag on Mama Cates this morning. She certainly is stepped up and taken his place as he has gone on to be with the Lord, gone on home. But the time that he was there, I'm preaching about fathers, not mothers. This is Father's Day. Mothers will come up later. I watched him love his kids. I watched him mentor his kids. I watched him take care of them in a way that I had never known. I want you to know, Pastor, God is so marvelous. He is so wonderful. He knew what I had went through with my own father, and he knew that I was going to struggle mightily with embracing and accepting him as my heavenly father because of what I went through, and he had to put somebody in my life. He had to put me in a place that I would see much healthier fathering, and I would see that it could be done in a different way. For some of these ladies, of the women of hope, I have been put into their life, not only as a pastor, but as a father figure. And they will watch me and see how I treat my children. They will watch me and see how I treat my grandkids. And they will learn and they will lower their guard somewhat. And they will say, well, maybe it can be done a different way. Maybe that's not always the... And they will get beyond the, the naming and the blaming and all of those things and saying, well, why me? Why me? And they might say, well, maybe there is hope for me. I watched a man raise his kids. That man was C.E. Cates. And I watched him over the years. And I learned and I, I realized that... Fathers do more than just beat their kids. Fathers do more than just grab their mama by the hair of the head and yank them and drag them across the floor. Fathers do more than that. Men have a choice. Women have a choice. And my father chose to be an alcoholic. My father chose to abandon us and all of those things. My father chose to be everything that every card up here represented and spoke of. But that was his choice. 
Now, at some point, I have to say, I'm going to get over and beyond the idea that woe is me. I, why couldn't, why did it have to be me? Why did it have to be me? Why did it have to be me? I don't know. I guess why it had to be me is so I could stand here and proclaim to you today that he is God, our heavenly father. Folks, without suffering, without putting forth the energy, without putting forth a commitment, without these things, there is no gain. Somebody's got to suffer. Somebody's got to go through something so that we'll know that we can get through something. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, at least when I, when I look at that, I don't say, well, why'd you do that to him? I never think of that. Why did he have to go through the valley of death? I look at that and I think, whoa, somebody made it through the valley of death. Somebody was man enough, woman enough to make it through the valley of death. They made it through, so I think I can make it through this valley of death, this life, whatever it is going on. I tell the ladies all the time, make it through. Finish what you started. Make it through so that others will see and know and understand that Meth isn't nearly as strong as, as the ju uh, judicial system or the pages or the books or anything else says that it is. She made it through. I read an article recently that uh, stated that meth is so potential, and it's because of the makeup and all the junk that it's made with, and this is not drugs 101, but... The article stated, after just one use, a person can become physically dependent upon that drug. After just one use. And they went on to describe it as this powerful entity, this, this, this thing. That it was so powerful and so strong, and I was reading it, and I was trying to be as objective as I possibly could... And I thought, you got to be kidding me. At the end of the article, I thought, you got to be kidding me. i got ladies that kicked its rear end. i got ladies that are making it through. I've got ladies that tapped into a source that laughs in the face of meth, that laughs in the face of alcoholism, that I, this, this is a power. He that is within me is greater than he that is within the world. I know somebody, and I call him Father who causes me to rise and not fall. Hallelujah to God. I call him Father. And folks, it's not about being good. I wish it were. Relationships, I, you know, sometimes I tell a parent or parents, all right, with that approach, you can make them do good now, but you're going to pay later. You can drive them with fear that you're going to drag them to the room and beat the hell out of them. You know, but you're going to pay later. It's not about being good. If it were about being good, then we wouldn't, it would not be necessary for Jesus to have spoken to our lives out of the Luke 18, chapter 18. You don't need to turn. I'm not going to, but go ahead if you'd like to. 
18 and 18 about a rich young ruler and Jesus said ah here's what it takes here's what it takes don't commit adultery don't steal don't lie don't bear false witness went down through a line uh, a line the young man said oh from my youth I have been obedient I've accomplished those I've been a really good person. Really good. My dad and mom would have beat me to death had I not. So I've been really good. The church loves me. They think that I'm something. Jesus said, but one thing you like. You haven't embraced him as your heavenly father. You see, for my father, I would do anything. My father. I will go anywhere for my father. I will do anything he asks me to do for my, I, my children. Those who were able to come up this weekend, they're here. They would do anything that I asked them to do. And it's not out of fear. I don't threaten my kids anymore. I'll sit down and talk with them. But I don't threaten my kids anymore. That's beyond, that's behind me. I don't threaten my grandkids anymore, or most of them. I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it. Sometimes I forget <laughs> who God is to me, who my Heavenly Father is to me, and He becomes God, and so I want to become God. Amen? I want you to know today that... Um, you know, somebody said to me once, uh, talking directly to me, it's been years ago, but they said, it's not necessary that you know everything about God or that you know who God is. It's just necessary right now that you know that you're not him. <laughs> I thought, wow. Is that the way I've been acting? Hath God said to my kids, I told you once, <laughs> I want to have a relationship that when push comes to shove, they will know that Father loves them so much that if they, that, that still small voice will be in their head saying, Dad, Dad told me. I believe Dad. He's loved me. He's been everything to me and for me. I believe him. This young man, and it's, I don't want to pull this out of its text and make it something that it's not, but I want you to see that he walked away sorrowfully. That he was given a great opportunity at life beyond his wildest imaginations, and he held on to something and gave up a relationship with the Heavenly Father. I could talk with you this morning about the prodigal son. There's such a beautiful image of what a father really is, of how we as parents could really trust God, our Heavenly Father, in a way that blows our mind. I could tell you to look at the front end of that. When the son said, give me, he was given. The son said, I'm out of here. Dad didn't grab him by the ankles. Father didn't grab him by the ankles and say, please don't go. Please don't go. This is a part about our Heavenly Father. This is called trust. 
please don't go. No, there was none of that. Well, son, I love you. We'll be right here. If you ever need us, we'll be here. We love you. He went, and a beautiful thing happened in a pig pen. Somebody said yesterday, who let the pigs out? Or the hogs or whatever term they used. Sitting there, he remembered father. <laughs> I tell you, parents, your kids can't go further than God can reach them. The task that is set before you and I the task that is set before you, whether you're running, whatever's going on in your life, the task that is set before you is never equal to, never approaches the power that surrounds you. The power that's behind you. The power that's in you. You can trust your Heavenly Father to take care of your children. You can trust your Heavenly Father when He says, I'm going to save you and your household. You've got to be kidding me. Do you know where she's at? Do you know what she's done? You've got to be kidding me. She won't even come home because she feels like she's embarrassed us. I, if, I were, if I were the father of that daughter, I'd get up on the housetop and announce to my whole neighborhood, my daughter is sick and hurting and I want her home. My daughter may have been doing this, that, and the other, but I love her. I am her father and I want her home. There would be no sense of, of, I can't go home because he's embarrassed. There would be none of that. You see, I may be preaching a message here this morning that Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Hank, the church decides, no, this guy is not a good fit here. And you may never ask me to preach again. But I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to speak to you the words that are in me. And that's all that I know to do. I want you to live and not die. I want you to leave this place and know that when you fall on your knees, you don't have to talk to God who's way out there. You don't have to cower down in a corner and approach him slowly. You can burst open the doors with boldness and say, Hey, Dad, Father, I'm here, and I need help. I know I haven't been this, that, and the other, but I need help. In closing, sometimes in my raising of my kids, I can, you know, I can just so tell when they are out there and they shouldn't be. I don't worry over them. I don't spy them out. I don't, I was going to say I don't text their, I don't text anybody. I just don't do that. I don't got nothing against it. I admire those who can and do. I, uh, I don't turn on computers. I can barely turn on the TV. I've just recently learned how to turn on the coffee maker. And only because my wife's been gone so much that somebody had to. I finally figured it out. I can make coffee. But I don't have to spy on my kids and watch after them. They're going to drift, and you're going to, you might see some things out of my kids that uh, aren't entirely healthy. 
And if you want to criticize them, you certainly can. And if you want to come to me and tell me the things that you're seeing, you certainly can. And it'll be all right. And I'll say to you, yep, but boy, do I love her. Boy, do I love him. She's all right. God, she's a work in progress. He's a work in progress. It's going to happen. She's all right. It's not about being perfect and doing perfect. I remember the point now I was trying to make. <laughs> Thank God. In closing, I said, right? That's what triggered it. I thought, I've got to close. Oh, yes, in closing. The reason I know is because they don't want to come to me and talk. They don't want to sit with Dad and just hang out. Right now in my, in, in my daughter Erica's life, she's living with us for a period of time, and um, she thinks it's going to be forever, and she's loving that. I don't know. That's cool. My son and his family, Stacy, they've come up and they're pretty, they're enjoying hanging out with, at the house also. I'm beginning to think, maybe they think they're going to be living here. And since they're here, I would say, that's cool. I'm teasing. I love having them around. But I love for them to have the freedom to come to me and just talk. And this is the boldness I'm talking about, that having a relationship with a heavenly father as opposed to a God brings to you and I. You see, it's much less dependent upon what you've done and so much dependent upon what he's done. Paul said, it's no longer I that liveth. John said, I must decrease and he must increase. You can stay where you're at and continue to struggle with this relationship with God, the creator of heaven and earth, or you can embrace what's been ministered to you this morning and ask your heavenly father to birth within you, to create within you a relationship that brings you out of that darkness and into his light. I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm not wanting you to question your relationship in regards to salvation. What I am saying to you and to me and to all of us is ever since the garden, our Heavenly Father has been pursuing a relationship with you and I. A relation. Do you know that Colossians, I think it is, about the third chapter... Colossians speaks of and says, you have an opportunity to be partakers in the nature of God, your heavenly Father. <laughs> Can you imagine what that's saying to you and I? Stand up, Josh. Is, is the plan working? <laughs> Look at him. That's my son. Does he look like his dad? Do you see the resemblance? He has taken on my nature. He even acts like me. 
Much to the disappointment of his wife, he even acts like me. You can sit down now. You, I'm preaching, not you. Y yours is next time. He has a heart like me. His spirit, all of those things, he's taken on my nature. Because he feels comfortable around, he can tell his dad anything. He and his wife were separated a while back and headed to a divorce and all of these things. And there was some craziness going on. And he was discussing and talking with me about some things. And I thought, ooh, I tried not to let it show on my face. You know, I didn't want him to, to see anything. And I, I thought, ooh. And afterwards, I thought, I am so glad that my son can sit down with me and talk with me about those things. Well, he is our heavenly father and stop running. Stop running that direction and let's run this direction and boldly come in and say, Father, I am a real mess up. I am so proud of myself for not using the other term. Praise God. I am a real mess up. Connie's already going to say, did you have to get that much off the chain? Couldn't you have just really didn't? I'm really a mess up God and I need help, Father. Help me. And he has never asked me to leave because I was dripping mud on his floor. The mud of sin and all of those things. He's never said, you're not dressed right. Come back in later when you can do better. He's never said those things to me. He's just said, come on in. Come on in. Come to me, all you who are laboring laboring and you're heavy laden and i'm going to give you some rest come rest with your father come sit in his lap come be a part of him oh my 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 church we've been cheated all this time our enemy didn't want us to become uh part of the family of god to embrace salvation that happened so if, if, if an army's going to create it, he wants you to fear him rather than serve him out of love. So he's convinced you and I that he's God. Many of the songs that are written are titled and written upon God. But something is happening now and we're starting to see Jesus in the, the lyrics. We're starting to see Father. We're starting to, something is happening even in the lyrics and the music that's going on we're starting to see him in a different light i'm telling you god's not giving up on us he's he's going to bring his children home and i'm not talking about to heaven you know I, I, heaven's great and wonderful i'm headed there i some days i can't wait other days i wonder well i might wait till tomorrow i'm not talking about heaven i'm talking about home here I'm talking about home in your living room. I'm talking about home beside your bed when you're praying for your children, when you're praying for your mom and dad, when you're praying for somebody you love. That kind of home. When you know you're home and you're in, the, you're in the presence of your heavenly Father and you can ask Him anything and you can show up anyway. I'm not giving us a license. I told you I was going to close and I am. I'm closing. I, I'm closing my Bible. I wasn't using it much anyway, I guess, so I had to close it. I'm not, I'm not, folks. I want you to grow up. I want this relationship to birth within you, to bust loose and bust forth. 
I want you to be able to say to me, Pastor David, for the next seven days, for the next seven days, every time I mention the name God, I will put Father to it. Every time I pray, I'm going to use the term Father. I don't know if I can accept this, if I can make it happen. I don't know what I can do to enhance this and hurry it up, but I really want that relationship you've talked about this morning. How do I get it? You get it by the renewing and the trans... You, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. You start acting, speaking, saying, He's my Father. He's my Father. That doesn't come very difficult for me. It wouldn't come very difficult for Pastor Rhonda or, or others around here. But you know, there was a time in her life when he was God. When she would approach him in fear and trembling and condemnation, all of those things. When she would read the term, there is therefore now no condemnation in them for them who are in Christ Jesus. And she wouldn't understand why that she was so icky feeling. But she worked on that relationship and you can too. For the next seven days, when you pray, pray to your heavenly Father. When you talk about him, talk about him in the term Father, my Father. I know it's painful. I know it's uncomfortable. I know some of you will and some of you won't. I know some of you want to, but you're still a victim and you think, why me, why me, why me? As long as you're a victim, you'll never be a victor. I'm asking you, can you just please try this? As painful as it is, the experiences that you've had, I know what I'm talking about. I know how painful it is. I know how risky it is. Sometimes a lady will say to me, Pastor, I just can't let go. I want to let go of these drugs. I want to let go of this. I want to let go of this man that's beating me or whatever the term is, but I just can't let go. Why can't I let go? Because it's the only thing you've known, and for you it's been working. I won't deny that. He would beat you and bring you food, pay your light bill, do the things. So you're willing to take a little bit and not lose everything. I know somebody. A heavenly father. That will give you everything. And never beat you. Never ask you to shoot up. Never ask you to sell yourself. And I'm not just talking about prostitution. I'm talking about just. Sick. Unhealthy. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking out of this people, God, to allow you to birth within them a relationship that will change their experience and their walk and their life with you. I'm asking you, Father, to do for them what they cannot do for themselves, to do for us. Lord, I sometimes sound as though I've got this, Father. And there are days that I feel like I'm so far off and so far from getting it, I don't even know.
Do for us, Father. Continue to develop our relationship with you. God, we want it. Even though everything around us might look and say that we don't, Father, we want the relationship with you as a heavenly Father, as something meaningful, as something real. We don't want to serve and follow you and walk after you out of fear. We want to follow you out of love. We love you, Father. Flood within us, do for us, God, whatever is necessary to birth within us the thoughts that you are our heavenly Father. You paid the ultimate price for that, to be that. And in Jesus' name, God. Still, before you look up, I'm big on people making a commitment, either a verbal contract or a written contract or whatever. I'm just big on that. I'm 